Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Mark chapter 14, we're reading from verse number 32. The Bible says, and then they, and they came to a place which is named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took James, and he took Peter, James and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Devon to death, stay here and watch. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, less not what i will but what you will then he came and found them sleeping and said to peter simon are you sleeping could you not watch with me one hour pray watch and pray lest he enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak again he went away and prayed and spoke the same word and when he came and when he returned he found them asleep for their eyes were heavy and he did not and they did not do what to answer to him. And then he came to the, he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. I want you to go, you know, if you, if you have your Bibles open, I want you to go back to that verse number 35 and verse number 36. In verse 35 and 36, the Bible says, he went a little further, fell on the ground and prayed, and, uh, and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Now from this verse of scripture, you will begin to notice an intense struggle that our Lord Jesus Christ was going through in that particular garden. When the Lord Jesus Christ was praying, there was this intense you know, struggle, an intense battle that was going on inside of him. Jesus knew what was coming to him. He knew he was about to face the cross. He knew that without the shedding of the blood, that there would be no remission of sin. The Lord Jesus Christ knew that he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He knew that all these things were going to come to pass in his life. But yet the Bible records for us, that he prayed three times that the cup will pass over him. Okay? The question is why? If you already know that you are going to go to the cross, if you already know that the, the, the only way forward is for you to be sacrificed on the cross, why are you wasting the time praying? Why did he spend time praying three times? Why was he praying the same prayer three times? If you look at the book of John, if you look at the book of John, the Bible tells us in John chapter 11, he said, the cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? In other words, Jesus already knew. Jesus was telling us that the Father, you know, he, he knows what the Father wants for him. He knows what the Father has planned for him. He knows that the Father wants him to go and die on the cross. And you see, Jesus was trying, and, you, and, you, and so Jesus was not trying to avoid the cross by praying that prayer three times. 
He was not trying to run away from the things that were supposed to happen, that he knew was going to happen to him. But the question is, why did he keep praying it? If you know that God was not going to deliver you from the cross, if you know that God was not going to deliver you from the cross, why keep praying the same prayer? Now, the issue is that the struggle that Jesus Christ had at that particular garden, what was, what was the reason behind it? Why was he struggling so much when he knows that God himself was going to do what he was going to do? Now, before you can begin to understand why Jesus prayed the prayer, take this cup away from me, you need to, first of all, understand certain basic things. We must understand the basic meaning of the word when Jesus said, take this cup away from me. Let's go to the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm 75. Psalm 75. The Bible tells us in Psalm 75 that for the hand of the Lord, uh, for the hand, uh, for in the hand of the Lord is a cup, and the wine is red, and is fully mixed, he, and he pours it out. Surely it's stretch. Shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down? In other words, the cup that Jesus Christ was talking about was the cup of the judgment and the wrath of God. It was the cup of the, of the, of the indignation, of the anger of the Almighty God upon sin. So when the Lord Almighty was talking about taking away the cup from me, he was talking about the taking away the cup of God's divine wrath. He was talking about the cup of divine judgment. He was talking about the cup of divine punishment. So when Jesus was praying, number one, he knew that the judgment and the wrath of God was about to be poured out upon sin that he was about to bear. That was why he was praying with that kind of intensity. He knew the wrath of God was about to be poured out. Number two, he knew the amount of guilt that he was about to carry. The amount of the guilt of the sins of the world that he was about to carry. That was why he was really, that was why he was, he was troubled and he had to pray this prayer three different times. He knew, number three, the level of punishment that God was going to inflict upon sin. And he was going to be the one to bear it. He knew what the punishment of sin was going to be. And he knew he was about to endure it. And finally Jesus Christ prayed for the cup to pass over him. Because he knew the result of the separation from the almighty God. He knew that as soon as he bears the weight of the sin. That he will be separated from the almighty father. Because the Bible tells us one thing. That the eyes of the almighty God is so pure. That he cannot behold iniquity. And as Jesus was going to bear that sin, he knew that at a particular point in time, there was going to be that separation. And he has never been separated from his father. And the thought of it was already crushing him. The thought of it was causing him serious struggle. The thought of it made him to pray over and over and over again. The Lord, I don't want this to happen. So he did not pray because he wanted to avoid the cross. No. He prayed because he wanted to bear the cross. He did not pray because he wanted to, wanted to escape the consequence of sin. He prayed because he wanted to submit to it. He did not pray because he wanted to flee the reserve, flee the cross. He prayed because he wanted to surrender his flesh to the will of the Almighty God. That was why he prayed repeatedly. And my brothers and sisters, that is why he continues to pray for you because he knows the danger of sin in the life of an individual. And you may begin to ask yourself, yes, I get it. I get that he died for our sin. I get that all these things were necessary. But the question is, why did he have to struggle so much? Why did he have to struggle so much? The Bible said that he struggled so much that the sweat of his body was like a drop of blood coming out of his body. Why did Christ have to struggle so much in the garden? The reason is because Christ struggled so much because he was about to carry the weight of the world upon his shoulder. He was about to carry the weight of sin. Number two, Christ struggled so much because he knew there was an impending judgment. And that judgment, he was the target. He was going to be the one to face that judgment. Why did he struggle so much? He struggled because of the main struggle was because of his imminent separation from his father. He knew that something was about to happen. 
that will cause the father and the son to be separated. How many of us feel this intense pain when we see a loved one sitting or lying on the deathbed and we know that any moment from now that person will be leaving us? How many, how much pain do you feel? How much anguish do you have in your soul? You begin to feel powerless that you are not able to do anything about it. Jesus knew that as soon as he begins to bear the weight of the sins of the world, there was going to be a separation between him and his father. And that particular thought alone was so much pain upon his heart that he could not bear it. It was the pain and the agony of submitting to that reality that caused him to struggle in that particular garden. And the question is, why is all this thing important to you? Why is it important to me? Why is it important for us to understand the things, the pain that Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane? Why is the agony of submission of our Lord Jesus Christ important for you to understand? My brothers and sisters, is it important because when you, it's important for us to understand the nature, the, 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 understand the agony of submission of our Lord Jesus Christ because of the very nature of sin. Bible makes us to understand that sin is a thing that separates God from the Almighty God. He said, the eyes of the Almighty God is pure, that it cannot behold iniquity. He said, the eyes of the Almighty God is not blind. His hands are not short, that it cannot do anything, that it cannot help, that it cannot help us. But the fact is, the reason why God cannot do anything for us is because our sin has separated us from the Almighty God. So the reason why you must understand why Christ suffered and why Christ went through that agony of agony of submission in the, in the garden of Eden, in the garden of Gethsemane was because of the nature of sin. Number two, it is important for us to understand the agony of submission of our Lord Jesus Christ because of the human flesh. Jesus understood that the nature that we carry is the nature that loves to sin. And that is why it is easy for everybody to do the wrong thing than to do the right thing. It is easy for you to gossip about somebody than to keep your mouth shut. It is easy for you to be able to spread a, a, a wrong information about somebody than to try to correct that mis misconception about an individual. If Jesus understood the nature of sin. That is why we must understand why he went through. Number three, why is it important for us to understand the understand the, 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 the agony of submission that Jesus Christ went through. It is because the resistance it is important for us to understand it because of the resistance within the human flesh. You tell somebody what is good for them. If you say it in such a way, they say, well, there is the tone in which you said it. What was said, is it wrong? They say no. But they will not accept it because they don't like the tone. Or because it doesn't go well with their ego. Or because you have not really propped them up. Or you have not made them feel good about themselves. The resistance within the flesh for the word of God, for submission to the things of God, for loving to sin. If you understand it, then you will understand what Christ went through. One thing that most people fail to understand is that Christ was both God and Christ was man. Fully God fully man. And that's why he referred to himself as the son of God and the son of man. Okay? So when you see the son of God at that point in time, the spirit, the Christ himself was willing to go to the cross because he knew the result. He knew the importance of it. But the man Christ was not willing to go because the flesh was there and the flesh has to be crucified. So Jesus understood that the reason for you to understand his submission, the reason for you to understand his agony is because of the resistance that is inside each of our flesh. That's why many of us don't do what we know we should be doing. It's not because we don't want to do it, but there's something inside your flesh that keeps rebelling against it. Number four, why is it important for you to understand what Christ went through in the Garden of, the Garden of Gethsemane? It is important because of the tendencies that are within the, that are within the, the flesh. The interesting thing, the Bible said that the heart is so desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
In other words, you look at your heart. You think that you are doing very well. You think that you are the best thing. But you will be surprised at what can come out of your heart at any point in time. Very surprised. I used to joke about it. I say, the difference between me right now, standing here, making all this noise, and the criminal that is doing something outside is the grace of God. If you take away that grace of God, I have the capacity, I have the capacity, I have the ability, and if I have the opportunity, I can, I'm able to do what those things, what those people are doing out there. So the difference between a Christian and a, and a, a, a Christian, the difference between a, a righteous man and an unrighteous man is the grace of God. And Jesus understood that the tendencies that are in the flesh will keep you from serving the Almighty God. That was why he suffered in that particular garden. And number five. The reason Jesus Christ went through that particular agony of submission was because he understood the hold of Satan upon the human flesh, upon the human nature. He knows that Satan understands how to tweak it. He knows how to manipulate the body. He knows how to manipulate your human nature. And that was why he called Eve. He said, have you seen? Has the Lord said? And Eve started turning. The wheel started spinning. If you are the type that loves to watch cartoon, you will see that the wheels started spinning in their head. You know, I love to watch cartoons, especially Tom and Jerry. I believe they stopped doing good cartoons when they stopped doing Tom and Jerry, but that's a story for another day. So when the wheels started spinning in the head of, of, uh, of Eve, you found out that uh, the Satan understood the human nature. And because he understood the human nature, he knows how to get us. And Jesus understood that. Satan finds that, Satan understands that the flesh is a natural ally against the Almighty God. And Jesus understood that that was why he suffered in that garden. So please understand, if Jesus who was the son of God, if Jesus who never sinned, who, if Jesus who is the embodiment, the personification of the God Almighty, if he had to struggle inside that particular garden, if he had to go through a period where he had to bring his body under, what do you think is you, what, what do you think is your own chance? What do you think is my chance? Okay? I cannot claim to be born of a virgin. I cannot claim to be, you know, to be a righteous son of God. If God himself embodied, God incarnate can go through that. What about me? What about you? Okay? What about me? What about you? And that is why many of us are struggling to live the Christian life today. We are failing miserable. And many of us are failing miserably in the Christian life. Not because we don't want to. It's not because you don't want to pray. It's not because you don't want to read your scriptures. It's not because you don't want to do service in the kingdom of God. It's not because you don't want to live a life that glorifies the name of the Almighty God. But the reason is because many of us do not understand the nature of sin. The true nature of sin. For some reason we believe that we can manipulate it. We believe we can have it under handle. We believe we can control it. After all, I can, I can stop when I want to stop. Or I can do whatever, whatever I want to do. And that is how people begin to do what? That's how people begin to get addicted. They get hooked up to, to different sin. And that is exactly the same thing. The Bible refers to sin as the deceitfulness of sin. Many of us are struggling with the Christian journey because of a lack of understanding of the true nature of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In other words, once you put your hands into it, there is a separation that takes place. Many of us are struggling as believers today because we don't understand the nature of sin. Number two, many of us are struggling today because we don't fully understand this thing that we call the human flesh. Because you think that you can control this thing. But if you do not put it under check, if you do not put it under control, it's going to end up controlling you. 
Because the more you train your flesh to do certain things, the more it demands more from you. The more it, you know, it becomes an authority over your life. The more it begins to control you. And that's why Paul the Apostle said, I put myself under. Lest after having preached to others, I myself will not be a castaway. In other words, you have to be able to control this body. And many of us are failing as Christians today because we don't understand the true nature of the flesh. Number three, many of us are failing as Christians today. Because we do not fully appreciate the intense resistance within us against the things of God. We do not understand the strong depth of the Adamic nature in our lives. Some teachers will want us to believe that yes, everybody is born fine, everybody is born nice, everybody is born good, everybody, everything is good with them. It's just that the society that makes them wrong. The question that I always have to ask those kind of people is that how many parents do you know sit their two year old or their one year old down on a baby and say, This is how you lie, this is how you steal, this is how you cheat. This is how you bear false witness against your brother. This is how you tell a lie that you did not take the cookie, even when your whole mouth is filled with cookie crumbs. This is how you lie. How many parents do that? Nobody does it. But where do the kids get distance from? It's right inside. Many of us fail in the Christian journey. Many of us have struggled in the Christian journey because we do not understand the intense resistance within the physical body against the things of God. Ordinarily, if you ask people, if you were to stay here, you will notice that if we throw an invitation out, there is a service at 6 p.m. and it's going to be a prayer meeting. You can bet and count the number of people who will show up for service. On If you are lucky, you can count them on two hands. But let's assume we make the same call out and we say there's going to be a boogie here tonight at 6 p.m. Actually, not 6 p.m. We're going to have it maybe at 1 a.m. in the night when everybody's supposed to be sleeping. I can bet you that the lines out there will be filled. Why? Is it because they don't know, they don't have any food to eat in their house? No. Is it because they have never drank anything that you have supplied before? No. Are you going to be the supplying, are you going to be supplying a champagne that they have never seen before? No. Sometimes you even have to pay to enter some of those places. And here is the church, they open the door for you, they say, come and enter for free. We even serve donuts, in case for those who are watching us online, you can join us. We serve donuts on Sunday, you know. We make life interesting. We make it as presentable as possible. We even shake your hand. We welcome you, and they will not come. And now you see a place where there is a guy that is well buffed up. He has a gun next to him, and he's a bouncer. And if you don't give your money, he won't allow you to go in. And at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12 midnight, you are lining up to go into that place, even in terrible cold. Why? The reason is very simple. Many of us are failing as Christians because we don't understand the intense resistance within this flesh for the things of God. That's why. If you understand it, then you understand why people don't show up in church. You will understand why people don't do the things of God. You will understand why the things of God are not appealing because the body does not like anything that represents the things of God. Number four, why do we fail as believers? In our Christian journey. We fail because we don't fully appreciate. We don't fully appreciate the tendencies that are in the flesh. And we don't fully appreciate the hold of Satan upon the lives, upon the flesh, upon the human nature. The thing is that when you understand these things, when you understand the nature of sin, when you understand the nature of the flesh, when you understand the tendencies of the flesh, when you understand the hold of Satan upon the flesh of a man, you will begin to understand why it is very difficult for you to serve the Lord. You will begin to understand the resistance that the flesh puts up, puts up against the things of God. You will begin to understand the tendencies of the flesh to hold on to sin rather than 
the things of God. And you will begin to see why it is difficult for people to serve the Lord. Why it is very difficult for people to walk with the Lord. You begin to appreciate why it is easier to sin than to stand in a righteous way. <laughs> you know, because one thing is that you, it's, it's this, this, this thing that these people say sin is, sin is very, very appealing. I mean, if you sin correctly, it's very, very appealing. But that's a story for another day. But if you don't understand your system, you will find out that you will struggle to serve the Lord. You will struggle to serve the Lord. And like I said, that's why the Bible tells us the book of Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, reading from verse number 18, the Bible says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to eat, for to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. In other words, there is something inside of me that loves the things of God. There is something inside of me that wants to serve God. There is something inside of me that is happy when you talk about God. But the ability to do those things is just lacking. Oh yes, it's good for us to pray. But let us pray. We know how, we know how this kind of thing is. We know how it works. You know? We all want to pray. We all want to pray. We all want to read the Bible. If you want to see the easiest way to fall asleep, pick the Bible, sit on your bed, and in two minutes you are gone. Why? Why? Why does this thing happen? It is, everybody, we all want to serve the kingdom. But the problem is that what we want to do, we can't cannot do it. We cannot do it. And that is why you must understand the agony of the submission of our Lord Jesus Christ in the garden. That was the reason. That was why you must understand that Christ went to what Christ went through in the garden for us. Because when you understand the agony of that submission, when you understand what it means to know what to do, when you, when you, you will understand what it means to know what to do, but you know what to do, but you fight against that particular struggle in your life. In other words, you know this is the good thing to do, but you keep fighting it. Something inside of you keep rebelling, keep rebelling. If it doesn't rebel, it starts postponing. It's just like we just want to read it. Oh, I'll read it tomorrow. Oh, I'll read it after this. I'll read it when I get to the office. Oh, I'll read it when I'm at break time. Oh, I'll read it when I'm going on my, on my, on my way home. Oh, I'll read it before I sleep. And the whole day will go and you will read it. Just two minutes. Just two minutes of reading a verse of the scripture. So when you understand the agony that Jesus Christ went through, you will understand what it means to know what you must do, but you fight and you struggle with it inside of you. Because there is a struggle that goes on. And on the flip side also, when you understand the agony of our Lord Jesus Christ, you will also understand what it means to know what you should not do, but you still do it anyway. Because there is something inside of you that cannot resist it. You know it is not good to talk about that particular system, but you do it anyway, because it is nice. You know you are not supposed to put your hands where you are putting down your hand. But you know. But there's something inside of you that loves to do it. Okay? The agony of submission is you knowing what you know you should not be doing, but you struggle and fight within yourself to stop doing it. That is the agony. It means that you have to bring your body under subjection. And that was why Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 7, reading from verse number 23, Bible says, For I delight in the law of God. I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my member. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? He said, I thank God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So then, with the, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but the flesh, the law of sin. In other words, inside of my mind, I like the things of God. I rejoice for the things of God. But in my practice, 
<laughs> that is a different story altogether. And that is why many of us say, let us pray in church. We are very good in praying in your spirit. <laughs> you know? But open your mouth and say it now. It becomes a big, big, big problem. <laughs> you know? We all know we are supposed to read the scripture. Yeah, 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 yeah. But open the Bible and read it. It becomes an issue. The issue is that I know. The Bible says, the, the Bible says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of law? If we are honest, many of us can relate to what Paul the Apostle just said. If we are honest, many of us are wrestling with it every day. The minute you wake up, up to the time you go to bed, there is always that constant fight of you trying to do the will of God and not do the will of God. For you doing the things you know you should be doing and then the thing you end up doing. We are, If we are honest, we will admit that we fight this battle every day. The battle to bring the flesh under the subjection of the spirit. The battle to surrender our will to the almighty God. The battle to allow God to have his way in our life. The battle to do the will of God. We all fight that battle every day. And this was one of the many battles that Jesus fought and won in that particular uh, in that, in that particular garden. Because at that point in time, he knew he was going to go to go to the cross. But his body was saying, hey my boy, you really want to go through this? You really want to subject that? Those guys will slap the daylight out of you. They will pluck your beards away. You will carry that heavy cross. You are going to suffocate to death on the cross. You really want to do this thing? And Jesus said, Father. The man in him was saying, Father, if you can deliver me, I really, really appreciate this thing. And God said, come on, man. You know what you're not. You are not supposed to be asking me this. We have already settled this before the foundation of the world. This is what you are supposed to do. So Jesus, this was one of the battles he fought. The battle to surrender his will. And he is urging you this morning that you also need to fight that battle and win it in your life. Because until you win that battle of the submission to the Almighty God, you will find out that life will be a constant struggle every day. The question then is, how do you fight and win the battle? How do you fight and win the battle? How did Jesus fight and win that battle in the Garden of Gethsemane? How did he bring his will under the submission of the Almighty God? How did he do it? Look at the book of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, reading from verse number 5. The Bible says, Let this man be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of his burnt man, and coming in the likeness of a man, and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of the things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How did Jesus Christ succeed? In bringing his will under the will of the Almighty God. How did he succeed in surrendering his will to the will of the Almighty God? Number one, he did that by what is referred, what I refer to as divestments. Divestment. The Bible says, he being the God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he put himself aside. He submitted himself to the Almighty God. He divested himself and said, no, I am not going to operate in the particular capacity that I am not going to call myself by whatever name I'm calling myself. I am willing to release myself and go under the authority of the Almighty God. There's a willingness to divest of himself. Number two, there was a willingness to empty himself. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of a man. In other words, he brought himself low. 
The Bible says that anyone who exalts himself before the Almighty God, he will do what? He will bring low. And if you bring yourself low before the Almighty God, he will do what? He will exalt you. The point is that if you are going to be able to win the battle of submission to the Almighty God, if you are going to be able to submit your will to the to the will of the Almighty God, you must be willing to empty yourself. Empty yourself of whatever you think you are. In the presence of the Almighty God. Number three, how did the Lord God Almighty win the battle to bring you? How, how did He bring His flesh under subjection? He brought His flesh under subjection by number three, by being humble, humility. Verse number eight, the Bible says, Being found in the appearance of a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. He humbled Himself. It is a lot easier when you humble yourself. One of the dangerous prayers that Christian prays, Lord, humble me. If the Lord humble you, you are not going to like it. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.